Welcome to Game Art Kurt the Games Factory, where we discuss with industry professionals how to break into the industry. And I'm your host, Nick Sweetman. Okay, so welcome to this session on entrepreneurship in games. And we have Eleanor Arponen from Quick Save and Alicia Marilakso from Polkadot Studios joining us. Um, could you give us a brief introduction of your background? And we'll start with Eleanor, if you could give me an overview. Yes, hi. So yes, my name is Elina Arponen. I'm the CEO and co-founder of QuickSave. QuickSave is a fairly new company. It was founded last year. And uh, we are doing games for Facebook, Messenger and other chat applications. This is not my first company, though. We started the first one back in 2010, which uh, was acquired 2015 by your messaging applications. So we've been kind of on this messaging plus games area for about three years now. And I was in the gaming industry already before uh, founding the first company, so I've been kind of into it for a while. Okay, thank you. And Alicia, do you want to give us your background? Yeah, I'm Alessia Marilaxa, founder and CEO of Polkadot Studio. Uh, Polkadot Studio is also a quite recent uh, company. We founded it in March 2017. And uh, Polkadot Studio does uh, life fashion and lifestyle games for women. And our first game is a fashion game. Uh, I started in games industry in 2005. I was actually an HR assistant at Digital Chocolate. That's how I got into the games, fell in love, and uh, I'm still on that road. Okay, great. Thanks, Alicia. Okay, so I'm going to jump to the next question. So it's quite a tricky one. So if you could travel back in time and tell yourself one piece of advice before starting your first game company, what would that be? And we'll start with Alicia. My entrepreneurial kind of uh, road hasn't been so long yet that I would have any big meaningful things to tell myself but maybe I would just kind of say that don't stress so much about starting the company just do it it's not brain surgery it's kind of you, you can make it and there will be enough points to stress about in when you found the company like rather start stressing after you have founded it and not before okay good sound advice and Eleanor what would you say yeah, um, back in 2010 with the first company, the the world looked a bit different. So I think sometimes you, you have to go with the times and do things that are fitting for the time time of where you are living <laughs> with the company. Uh, however, of course, there are a lot of kind of small practical things that, uh, that I could advise myself on, like how to make a shareholders agreement or some other very practical things. Um, what's most interesting is probably the, the, the bigger kind of mindset things uh, like like what Alessia was saying as well that how do you how do you record the entrepreneurship I would say kind of also that be patient like you always want to run and be very fast and everything should have happened yesterday but it's gonna take its time and it's fine that's that's part of it and and just be patient and uh, enjoy the journey okay sounds good yeah and I'll move on to the next one so if we start with um, Alicia what was the initial spark that made you found your current company? What was the main idea or what the motivation to found it? Uh, yeah, for me, it was pretty clear. Actually, after Digital Chocolate, I ended up working for a small Turku-based uh, mobile games company, Appstar. And Appstar was doing a fashion mobile game. 
and so I worked there for one year and I, that's how I kind of got into the whole fashion games and after Upstar went down, the just founders didn't want to continue it anymore, I, I, I kind of, I saw that most game studios are full of guys making games for guys and I didn't want to do make, I didn't want to make games for guys, I felt that there's a a big open space like to do games actually for women and I believed in it enough to kind of found my own company and start doing that and it kind of seems that I was on the right track at least at least so far yeah and uh, Eleanor yeah I have been thinking about having an own company for for you know a long time before even and um my husband is also one of my co-founders in the company and and we had been talking about it and and then you know uh, back back then eight years ago we we ran into together with some colleagues from the industry and and they had also been thinking about like what about you know how could we do this better and 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 we started talking and and we had a very kind of complementary skill sets and and we kind of kind of immediately hit with the team on like this is this is a good team and let's let's do this together and we we have a lot of uh, we had a lot of talks about how to run the company, what's the culture, and we had a lot of ambitions on how to how to make it uh, so that you know it's also a good place to work for everyone, so that we can uh, we can make good things. And I still think that's the, the kind of cultural things are important, and we, we got that right in the beginning. Um, so yeah, it it really started from the team and the people, and and it kind of gave us a very good opportunity. So Alicia, how did you build your team, and where did you find them? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. Uh, when I decided to 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 found the company, well, luckily from my previous company, Appstar, I had already some people who had expressed interest in in doing a fashion game. So uh, that's how I found my first co-founder, my game designer, and I felt that game designer was pretty important, and he was kind of on board and we start like this we met and like kind of decided that yeah if we get the team together and we if we get some funding we'll found a company and then pretty much for rest i just headhunted like myself from linkedin i started going through the artist profiles and i ran into this great profile of a young artist and i just sent her email out of the blue and we went for lunch and she was yeah she was in and like so at f- i had like my artist and game designer and then i i got the handshake on on pre-seed money to, for the, to found the company but then i needed the technical co-founders and that took longer uh, that was like the major ha- hurdle it took me three months to find my cto and front-end programmer and it was like that was the most stressful about the whole founding because I got a couple of guys agree that yeah we'll come and then next day they called me at, no sorry my wife said no I can't go uh, but finally I was able to find my CTO and um, and uh, I'm a front-end programmer so there was five of us founding the company and now a year and a half later uh, three of the five are still there. So because we were five people who didn't know each other previously at all and had never worked together, I'm actually pretty happy that I got three out of five right. 
So mm. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, it's quite lucky because yeah. And you can always yeah. iterate the team later if you build mm-hmm. the company right. Okay. So and we built the company so that we need we knew that we might need to iterate on the team. So mm-hmm. all the funding that we took was with convertible notes, mm-hmm. which allowed us to iterate on the founding team. And this now yeah we have. Now we have a six people founding team actually, and uh, as my people tend to say, it's almost the perfect team. It's as close as it can be. So. Okay, sounds good. So you said that you didn't know most of your team, is that correct? I, we you... didn't know anybody. Yeah. No, but none of us had ever worked together. Okay, that's interesting. And, yeah, yeah, two guys yeah. were outside of gaming industry. Okay. Like our tech guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's very interesting. Yeah, because it's always, I guess it's always a worry, like if you don't know the person, if you want to work exactly, with them. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay. Especially in games industry, because most studios, I think, were founded, like Elena's studio was founded with the people who already know each other and want to do something similar. So you know usually each other. And that was also what investors are looking for, for proven teams who know, who already have like worked together previously, so there's no unknown on the team. So my founding was a bit unconventional in that sense. Okay, good story, and it's good to hear that. So, so if we move on to the next question, then, so, and we'll start with Eleanor. So, what do you consider effective strategies for pitching your game to investors, and um, how long do you recommend the pitch should be, and what kind of general structure? Um, okay, so pitching to investors is uh, kind of a hot topic in the startup scene on like how do you go to events and and you and you give these three minute or five minute pitches which which serves actually a purpose and it is important to kind of go out there and present your case however for getting investment what you really need to do do is you really need to build relationships so you need to uh, build a network where uh, you have uh, good advisors you have people who who know you who can recommend you and and who kind of uh, uh, really know what what you're coming from and and kind of trust you and 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 sometimes uh, you know that that can take time. So I I I don't think that you know a five minute pitch on stage to to an investor who's never met you is gonna give you money the next week. It just it just doesn't work like that. But but saying that I've I've done a lot of pitching at events and and it gives you uh, also additional benefits because. Building, building a story that you can, uh, structuring your story into a couple of minutes uh, gives you, um, helps you focus your own thoughts as well. And, and how you be, speak about your company also to, to hires or partners, or you, you kind of get uh, good at explaining what you do very quick. And that's something you have to do a lot of time in, in many situations, not, not just kind of fundraising. Um, so I, I do think the pitching is, is, is a good practice to have around. But for fundraising, what you really want to do is you want to have a partner meeting that is 30 to 60 minutes with the, with, with the partner of the fund. Um, you, you often you start with an associate of the fund and then you get kind of promoted to meet a partner and then hopefully you meet the whole team. And, and then that might be, then, then, then that's the moment that they actually could do the decision when you, when you meet all of them. And, and, and yeah, so that's a, that's a longer process. Okay, and it, it can take, uh, can it take like up to a year to get 
uh, investment or funding would uh, you say yeah sure it, it, it can, can take yeah. up to a year for sure mm. uh, I, and I'd say though kind of especially in Europe mm. um, it, it's a bit different scene in, in, in like Silicon Valley and that sometimes people mix it up like I, I read quite a few blogs and and, uh, and VCs who are active in, in, in like uh, blogging in Silicon Valley and, and they give a lot of good advice but the timelines that they talk about are always uh, kind of different in, in Europe um there's not the the, the kind of uh, urgencies in the funding is very rarely there in 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 Europe for for the VCs themselves so um so yeah it, it's more of a relationship building but but it, it can be a good process in that as well because you get you get good advice from the VCs as well and it's kind of like you are testing your your story and your market value and 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 in that sense you also kind of hear their answers and you you should listen to them really like what what are they saying not just kind of you should never argue with whatever they they kind of say about your your business or your company don't start an argument ask them more questions like why and why do you think like that and 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 then you kind of can get to the bottom of it and that's also how you make your own uh, judgments of like who are the VCs you would like to work with because ideally you you can also you can also choose as an entrepreneur okay thanks Elena and uh, Alicia uh, yeah, Elena uh, has covered a lot of points already. Uh, I would add for the timeline, I think that also timeline, it also depends on the stage you are in and what type of investment you are looking for. Uh, if uh, I know that it's not always so clear, but still like for a pre-seed round, it's, it kind of usually goes faster because the amounts of money are like from 50k to 100k maybe. Well, at least in Finland and I, I guess pre-seed rounds are much bigger in US, but in, in Europe. So that type of um, investment, it can be agreed in a, in a week or a couple of weeks. It's, it, it can be really fast. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, oh, like okay. and uh, the seed stage, it also can go like depending on which type of seed you are collecting. It always depends on the stage you are in and how much money you are collecting. Uh, the more money like you're collecting, the longer it usually takes because it's a bigger decision, the valuations are bigger. So, and for seed, like, and I agree on all the points about pitching and stuff. I also, it's nice to do pitching, but I think the actual work is done on one-on-ones. And on one-on-ones, I think the most important thing is to kind of to to know what is your unique, what is about, what is unique about your studio. Why are you doing something which should be VC funded? Because not all games or game studios should even be. It, it's like you need to know: Are you interesting for VCs? They are looking for certain things. They are looking for a big growth opportunity. They are looking for possible category leaders. So you need to kind of understand the business and the positioning of your company. You can't just pitch your game, you need to pitch a company. And kind of what's your idea, like above that just one game, what is your strategy? And for, especially for us, what have worked is also for, for, especially for our seed round, is to get one investor who like really excited about you and to be the lead because like even VCs, they are kind of a herd animals. If they, 
like they follow, like they are much more follow-ups, followers kind of than leaders, also in VCs and angel investors. So if you get one, well, I guess, well, it's also in VCs, but even more true in angel. I have to admit that our our seed round was angel round. We didn't have any proper VCs, but for us it worked that we got one person kind of excited about our game and like yes I, I will lead this round it doesn't need to be a big amount of money but he needs to kind of be yes I will invest and after that he will kind of be a proof of concept for other angels because gaming industry is also really hard for angels to decide like because it's so complex industry that they usually don't understand it uh, very much but if somebody can kind of prove that yeah I believe in it and if they trust that person to know what he's like believing in then it's much easier for them to follow up so yeah that's pretty much my thoughts on it I haven't done the A round yet but like I've been uh, preparing for an A round and for that I've asked our advisors to kind of to connect me to like all the potential I have mapped all the potential VCs who do gaming uh, A rounds Mm -hmm. and also bigger angels who would be could be part of that and I ask our advisors to do me introductions to every one of those and I have already met some of them like I tried to meet because I agree with Elena that um, to get a VC money, it's good to have a longer relationship. We want to see how your team ticks, how it progresses, how it works. Do you keep your milestones? So it, it can't happen that I meet you today and then you invest in me tomorrow. If we meet today, then we like agree that, yeah, we are going to do this thing in three months. And then we follow up. But yeah, remember, we promised you to do this thing in three months and we actually did it whoa and then you kind of you roll from there and then when the stars are correct and alignment is there company and vc wise then it just clicks together but it can't click if you don't do the groundwork that's how i believe it okay that gives us a very good overview thank you alicia what type of challenges do you come up against day to day as a company founder i think for me it's been uh, uh, optimizing the, f- the development of a game, kind of a feature development, prioritizing what to do. Because of course, like, I want to get the game features, the great features kind of done as fast as possible to, to show uh, the potential of the game and to, to kind of soft launch it as early as possible. But at the same time, kind of keeping like what's the minimum viable, that's what we have, like what's the minimum viable shit we are ready to kind of ship out. So I kind of like to to optimize the, how fast we get new features and how crappy they can be. Uh, and that's kind of, it's always like sometimes you you need to, I think it goes for us in waves. We do a lot of feature development, take the game forward, but then there's always this depth that comes with it and we need to kind of pay it at some point. And then I need to kind of, I need to know that there will be a couple of weeks that nothing, no features will get done. We'll just be cleaning up after all the features that we did and all the things that we broke and all the things that we need to optimize. and. Uh, and that's kind of that's because I want to go forward all the time, but I need to be patient and give kind of that. Okay, now nothing has happened for two weeks. Of course, it something has happened, but you just don't see it. 
and that's also kind of to uh, and not like and managing also team expectations because nobody likes to ship bad kind of stuff it's like half done but kind of managing the expectations that now we have a deadline we try to get this feature so we can test it and then but give them also time to do maintenance work because otherwise if the depth if the depth goes too deep it's kind of it's bad and the programmers get really upset if they can't re refactor so like <laughs> on a regular basis so i think this type of prioritization and how fast and what to do to do it's that's what i kind of spend my time daily with okay and uh, elena what about your side yeah yeah i guess the the biggest challenges usually are to do with time and there's never enough time so it's definitely all about focusing and uh, and as the ceo founder you also have other areas than the product you are thinking about fundraising or PR or hiring and and you, you really need to know kind of what to focus on and usually you can find you know the, the kind of core of what is right now the most important thing and then you do those and 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 that takes the company uh, furthest along on its path and it's really important to keep reevaluating what are the core things because it keeps changing and, and like what is the current focus and um and yeah, and, and really to be mindful of that. I mean, there are these like 20-80 rules, like 20% of what you do gives 80% of the results. And, and so to kind of try to be mindful and optimize the focus and time usage. Okay, so the next question. So what qualities do you look for in partners and investors um, who want to put money to your company? And how do you decide if it's the right investor for you? Um, yeah, and I'll start with Alicia. Uh, well, I'll start with that you can't really always choose with whom, like who, who you can. It's, of course, if you are in a position that you can choose whom your investors, it's a good position to be. Uh, but at least for us, like, well, we of course we try to, with our pre-seed round, we wanted to have we, we knew that it will be an angel round and we knew that we would prefer to have somebody who would kind of who would have a gaming background so because that gives besides money we wanted to have some kind of validations for validation from our investor that they believe in us as a team and as our idea it will act as validation for other people and for future rounds and also of course to have uh, uh, connections to help us build the next round to have those connections that they can do introductions to to next stage angels and VCs so of course that's kind of so for me it was validation and uh, and connections for our pre-seed for a seed round uh, we could do some cho choosing and for us because we are building a not just a game but also a marketing platform so we try to look for investors who would have uh, connections to bigger brands and we were lucky to have uh, access to some investors who has done uh, critical introductions to some brands like and stuff so definitely wanted to prioritize those but we also have investors half of our investors have just given money and they don't give anything else well, we are happy with the money. <laughs> okay. Yes, and Eleanor. 
Um, yes, definitely. You try to look for like the additional values beside the money, and 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 for me, kind of the same thing goes for investors or even hires that I try to find people who are better than me at something, who who can give a larger network, who can give some, you know, detailed knowledge, or who who are, who are you know generally good at, uh, at 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 certain areas, and they and and thus you know if if they come along, they will uh, really help the company grow grow in many ways um so yeah just you know looking at it's it's a bit <laughs> a bit like hiring good people it's 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 not always easy uh to, to find find the best ones and then of course with investors as olesia said uh you hope to get in the situation where you where you can truly choose even if you are not in a situation where you can choose uh, you should still not take a bad deal. Like bad deal is still a bad deal. You you should always be ready to say no to a deal if if the partner is is not good enough and the terms are not good enough. It's it's gonna end up in a worse situation for your company if you if you do bad deals. Yeah, and actually, I want to add like, if you if your plan is to build a a big company and go from this kind of stage by stage through these financials like from pre-seed to seed and to a round you also need to be very kind of but uh what uh, how do i say yeah so the the a round investors they will be looking at your cap table so you need to be kind of conscious of keeping your cap table uh viable so that you will get the next round if you dilute yourself too much then you will be in a situation when you are you become your company becomes non-fundable and you want to avoid that at any cost when you say cap table could you explain that? yeah cap yeah. table is like the ownership structure of a company mm-hmm. because like of course this is also again uh, a generalization but to my knowledge a-round investors, they will be looking for that the, the core team, kind of a founding team, they will need to have over 50% of a company at that stage. Otherwise, it's just too little. And like if you give away too much of your company in earlier rounds, then you kind of you close doors on the next rounds. Also, like when you kind of create the cap table for the first time, so you kind of uh, uh, you agree on who gets what. It's also one point that also CEO needs to have a certain amount of shares. Like if CEO doesn't have enough, that can be also a red light to an A round investor. But okay, so because CEO is like if they feel that CEO or the rest of the team are not motivated enough, like they don't have big enough stake at that point, it's a too big risk to invest. So it's like a lot of things that you need to take into account. You don't want to take money if it's on bad terms, if the valuation is too low, but then you don't want to take too high valuation because then you can't, it's really you can't go lower so but yeah it's it's complicated i think that this fun fun sinking is it's it's a most kind of complicated it's complicated and you never mm. there's no like there's some general rules but it's always kind of like how it goes for one company it doesn't go the similar for like another company you just need to play it as it goes yeah i was interested to know have you had or do you have business advisors who so when you started your first company to know about this kind of thing about the funding and what you like exactly the things you've explained alicia yeah so when even when we founded the first company uh 2010 that we we started with looking for advisors i mean uh even uh before going to investors i was going around to to more experienced 
came industry people that I knew and asking them for advice and that's that's a very good thing to do and I mean because they can also help you structure your story and and help you with making introductions and 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 you can talk to them about perhaps coming to your board or or just even more casually being in your advisory board which is not so demanding for them but they can still you know meet up for coffee every once in a while and 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 and, and talk with you and 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 that's that's a really good thing to have definitely yeah uh, i don't think that i would have founded the company if i didn't have a a kind of a solid advisor to whom i believed and like trusted and that happens to be my husband so I, my husband is my chairman of the board and he's a serial entrepreneur and he actually knows about like funding that's everything that i have learned is from him and i was in a lucky position that he also orchestrated all my rounds because it's it seems that like building a financial round for any company, it's it's also its own art. But you need it, it goes. It has its own structure and it has its own tempo that you need to follow. So I was lucky that I just needed to to pitch and excite everybody, and then he took care of the rest of the nitty gritty details of evaluations and the structures and stuff like that. And he knew when you need to go for the closing because like, yeah, so I would, and also like how to structure your company, how to uh, divide shares, how to do the shareholder agreement, all those things. Because when I was working at AppStar, I said it went kind of down. It went down because the founders, they, they founded the company wrong. They, the division of shares was totally wrong. They did some like major mistakes, which made the company unfundable. And when the company is unfundable, you can't help it anymore. It's, it's just, and it's like stupid mistakes that you can avoid if you have a, an, experience, an experienced person to, with whom you can kind of go it through and found a company. So I would really kind of recommend mm. having somebody who knows what he's doing, yeah. helping you with it. Yeah, it's very handy to have your husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm extremely lucky in that <laughs> yeah. account, and happily yeah. he, he he doesn't know anything about games and he doesn't mm. care, so he doesn't butt his head into kind of running like how do we do things, other things. Mm. He just butts his head into operations and all this boring stuff which I hate. So it's a good division of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If I if I continue a bit so on the on the topic of advisors, uh, definitely. Um, that I mean, this all makes it sound very complicated. But the good point here is that finding advisors uh, has become fairly easy. I mean, gaming industry is very community based. I mean, there's a lot of companies who want to help other companies or a lot of founders who want to help other founders to succeed. So finding good advisors should not be a problem. I mean, you, you can find them and, and just go out and ask ask for help and ask for advice and people will give you advice and they will help you. And uh, I found our uh, first and longest uh, still still continuing advisor just actually by going to an event and, and hearing him speak there. And I went to talk to him afterwards and just like, we had casually met elsewhere, but you know, just, you know, go out there and meet people and you can, you, you, you can do it that way as well. Some of the people I talked to in the beginning were uh, ex-colleagues of mine who had who had done more more at the time than, than I had in, in, in the entrepreneur track. So, um, so yeah, just go on and talk to people. Okay, I was going to stop it there and I'll just save it. 
Okay, so this is another take, and I'm going to start with uh, question nine, which is regarding the methods you found most successful to grow your community base. Um, okay, one second. Eleanor, what methods have you found most successful to grow the community base for your games? Yeah, this is a good question because this is the thing that uh, companies struggle with most. I mean, a lot of companies think that uh, you build a good game and then they will come. And, and you know, there's there's always has to be some way to find the users. Uh, something that has, has worked for us previously is to kind of switch marketplaces. Uh, well, in the previous company, we had a game that was distributed elsewhere, but not in Steam, even though it was a PC Mac game. And we finally, okay, maybe Steam is the place for us. And actually, you know, it still generated a lot of users. So so even though we didn't feel that the game was kind of fit for the, for the more core gaming Steam audience, but even then, like if you have a marketplace where the users are, your game should be there. It, it matters, you know, where they can find it the easiest. Um, of course, another thing is is finding these different uh, channels. Um, like influencers has been quite uh, quite used recently, and and it's very good to listen to other companies tell how they may build their successes. This is something you can learn, like in conferences and talking to people, and um, and it's quite interesting because usually. With, with most of the kind of uh, very successful games, there's always something in the beginning, like some kind of user base they could tap into or some kind of audience they started to marketing to, or, you know, th there's some ways to kind of hack the growth. And uh, it depends on the game and the market, but uh, definitely this is something you need to be thinking about actively. <laughs> what's, what's your way? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you. And let's move on to the next one. Okay, so a question for both of you. Um, could you give me some examples of things that have surprised you when you founded your first games company? And we'll start with Alicia. Uh, surprises. Uh, yeah, I guess, well, everybody says that it's all about the team and the culture, uh, but it still a bit surprised me how much it's true. Like, like I said, we were a, a weird kind of a gaming startup with nobody knew each other from the, in the beginning. And now remembering back in time to the first months that we started, uh, it, it, it didn't feel like a company. It's like uh, we were all individuals and we were like skitting around and uh, the feeling wasn't really that good. And uh, now that we have kind of worked on it and the team has kind of worked enough time together and we have kind of upgraded the team on some points and some people have just left who didn't feel right in the team and stuff. So how big a difference it makes when you actually have people who have fun doing together, who, who can discuss anything, that no, there's no taboos on, on like, on what you can discuss and everybody can take kind of um, everybody's open for comments and for suggestions it's nobody's guarding their turf but like yes this is my thing and don't you kind of butt your head into it but we are in it together and that by doing it together and by kind of it we can make it better 
and uh, so how how big a difference it can be. It's, I think because I didn't really have any experience in leading a team or being kind of in this type of situation, so it still kind of surprised me how big a difference it makes. Okay, and Elena? Yeah, my biggest surprise is relating also to the, the kind of HR personal matters, but it's it's kind of the situation when you actually start to growing and you start hiring people. Um, it surprised me how difficult it is to hire. Uh, it, it's something that uh, as a as a kind of a generally positive or optimist person, you, you tend to look at everyone as like, you know, they, these are good. Uh, you think very positively about everyone. And, and then as, as the... Uh, kind of leader of the company you have to be strict in like who actually fits the team and who actually is good enough and 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 then you get to those hard choices of like uh, hiring uh, f- firing people as well and and uh, and and that's so uh, unpleasant to fire anyone that uh, it's best if you uh, are very strict in your hiring so you don't end up having to fire so many people and and that's because that's something you really don't want to doing uh, keep doing so um so yeah it's um it's 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 kind of the finding finding the right people to to hire and uh, and, and having the good talent and, and that's 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 been surprisingly hard i kind of knew it would be hard but then it it still was more <laughs> more than i thought Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question. Um, this is a quote from Elon Musk. He says, running a startup is like chewing glass and staring into the abyss. After a while, you stop staring, but the glass chewing never ends. Um, do you, what, what would you sum up as your experience in a sentence, like yourself, um, as what it feels like to be an entrepreneur, like a company founder? Do you, do you, can you relate to the comment, or would you like to say your own comment, you know? I, I guess I can agree to an extent. I guess, I guess what he means here is that uh, uh, kind of the, the the fear or the the scary abuse kind of goes away, but you still you still keep having a lot of work. And I, and I can agree to that. That uh, founding the second company, I I felt less kind of scared of the unknown, but I I was also not wearing any rose colored glasses. I knew exactly how how much work there was gonna be, and 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 the work doesn't go anywhere. Uh, you, you still have to, to to put in all the kind of uh, hours of work into into getting it actually running and get the products out and make everything work. Uh, so so yeah, I, I guess that it makes sense. But it's also very. Uh, uh, makes it sound very bad. Mm. I mean, I, I I must say that I I enjoy being an entrepreneur, and I I you know I wouldn't change change it uh, right now for anything. And 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 so there's a lot of the the happy side of being an entrepreneur, and and what it kind of gives you in being able to uh, kind of. Um, s- you know, see your dreams come to true, and you know you you imagine something, and then you know, gradually you become something, and 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 that's a very kind of a fulfilling process to keep on doing, and 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 so, even though I can agree, I, I think it's a bit pessimistic. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't know. It's just my motto is pretty much that. As long as you are learning every day and as long as you are having fun every day, it doesn't like I, I believe that the world needs to be fun 
and not just the getting there. So we all, of course, hope to get there eventually. But if on if you are not having fun on on the way there, then it's no point doing. And I think that for me, it's been definitely that I'm having the best time of my life, like on this road, even with all the stress and all the all the abyss things and all the work and stuff. It's still the most fun that I have ever had in my. Uh, professional life. Thanks very much for spending time with us today. Thank you. Thank you.